This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Between October 2019 and September 2020, 4,761 Christians lost their life worldwide for their faith. Let that sit in this morning. It's so easy to get stuck in our little world, in our little bubble, consumed with our little calendar and our little things and forget about what's happening around the world. What's, what's really interesting is that it was Forbes magazine in 2021 that published the article that gives the stat that I just shared with you. Forbes was using a resource from Open Doors, a ministry, but nonetheless, here's a secular magazine that's dialed into the reality that Christians, at a rate of 4,761 Christians, average 13 Christians a day, are giving their lives, losing their lives for their faith around the world. So it's not just a a Christian publication reporting on this reality, but it's a secular publication reporting on the reality that Christians around the world are being persecuted and giving their lives in Jesus' name to see the gospel continue to advance around the world. Barna Research back in 2022 said that 42% of pastors in the U.S. had considered quitting in the previous year. They listed all the reasons why pastors said they had been tempted to quit, and stress was the first, isolation was the second, political division was the third, and negative impact on their family was the fourth. And before you get nervous, this is not a confessional. It's been quite a long time since I've thought about quitting, and I'll talk a little more about that uh, in this message. But I'm titling the message this morning, Mission Updates Matter. Mission updates matter. It's been such a thrilling joy to study the book of Ephesians with you, church. Just going paragraph by paragraph, allowing the Lord to speak to us from the sacred scriptures Sunday after Sunday has been a thrill to my soul. And this morning, we're wrapping up the letter. We're finishing the letter. And sometimes when you read the Bible and you read letters that were written, sometimes in the introduction, And in the close, you just kind of gloss over it because it kind of seems like this little obligatory, God bless you kind of cliche at the end. And we miss the reality that there's rich meaning in every word of the sacred scriptures. So as we finish off the book of Ephesians together, it's my hope that you'll see and taste the rich meaning that we see. Missions, updates matter. So look at it with me, chapter 6, verse 21. We'll read it. You follow along as I read, and we'll dig in. The apostle Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, inspired by the Holy Spirit. He says, so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, we'll just pause there. Would you say Tychicus with me? Tychicus, 
I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing it wrong, but if you say it with me, we're all pronouncing it wrong, okay? So would you say it with me just really loud, you know, like, you know, come on, just like help me stand up in the middle of my insecurity on stage in front of all of you this morning. Take a kiss on the count of three. One, two, three. Take a kiss. They were all wrong together, all right? Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with you all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Let's pray together. Father, would you speak to us personally, powerfully, by your spirit, through your sacred scriptures? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to answer three brief questions together. The first is, who was the updater? The title is Missions, Updates, Matter. So who was the updater? Why was he updating? And what were they united in? So we see first who the updater was. We've already said his name together. It was Tychicus, but let's see what Paul said about him. Look at verse 21 with me. So that you may know how I am and what I'm doing, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. He describes Tychicus in two ways, and the first way is beloved brother. What does that mean? Well, certainly it means that he's a Christian. He's been born again. He's turned from his sins. He's turned to Jesus, and he's received him as his Lord and Savior. He's placed his faith in him. He's received the forgiveness of his sins, and Tychicus's future home is heaven. That's what it means to be a beloved brother. You've been adopted as a child of God into the family of God. But why does Paul refer to him as beloved brother? I don't think it's just because he's a Christian, but I think it's probably because of how he's lived out the reality of being a Christian. In other words, perhaps this morning you find yourself at real life an attender, but no one yet would refer to you as a beloved sister or a beloved brother. Not because you're not a Christian, but because you haven't opened up your life to them yet. Community groups are one of the most important things that we do. They start back up in September. And my challenge to all of you is, is to join a community group and commit to a community group and open up your heart and life to others. When that happens over time, you start showing up on Sunday morning and somebody sees you from across the room and they go, that is my beloved sibling in the Lord. Not, that's an acquaintance. We go to church together. Do you see the difference? So, so, so there's, a, there's, there's one posture where church is just another thing in life that I consume. It's a Christian event, and I just kind of walk in consumerism. I show up, I consume, and I leave. Or church is family, where I roll up my sleeves, I get messy with the family, I, I share my burdens, I let people care for me, I care for others, I don't put on a face, I'm authentic, I don't try to pretend I'm doing better than I am. I'm real. And here I am. And then I do that over and over and over and over and over and over again. And when that happens, you move from being an attender and an acquaintance to a beloved brother, a beloved sister. Do you see it? That's what he, he refers to Tychicus of, we, 
We've fought together. We've wrestled together. We've wept together. We've laughed together. He's beloved. But then he says he's a faithful minister. He's a faithful minister. You know, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're faithful. What does it mean that Tychicus was faithful? In that day and time, the postal service, as it were, were, was only reserved for government officials. So there wasn't like, you know, you couldn't just pop a letter in the mail like we can today and send it to whoever, whenever. If you were a governing official, there was a postal service where you could send something. If you weren't a governing official, you had to find somebody that would be willing to take a message to someone else. And he's sending Tychicus to the Ephesians to let them know how he is and what he's doing. And he describes him as a faithful minister. In other words, Tychicus was willing to do mundane work. Can I just tell you, if you're new to real life, our church is filled with Tychicuses. <laughs> I, I just encourage you to sit back and watch the army of volunteers serve this church. It's really beautiful over at our church office. We have a different volunteer that shows up Monday morning and serves for four hours. They just give four hours of their time to answer phones and to clean and to run errands and really to do anything our church staff needs. And then Monday afternoon, another volunteer shows up. And then Tuesday morning, another volunteer shows up. And then Tuesday afternoon. Now, I know some of you be like, well, if I wasn't working, if I, when I'm retired, I'm going to be that person. You know, I, so I get that. But, but where can you become a Tychicus? Let me put it to you this way. If Pastor Tim came to you today and he said, I have this really important task that I need somebody to do. And I need to be able to entrust them with it and then leave them with it. Could he leave it with you? And could you pay attention to all of the details? Could you follow through in a way that whatever Pastor Tim was needing done, you got done on time and in the way he asked? That's what it means to be faithful. Paul's saying, I need you to know how we're doing. I need you to know what we're doing. I need you to be encouraged. Tychicus can get it done. Tychicus. So here's what I believe about all of us this morning. I believe every one of us can take a step. It might be a small step, but I believe that every one of us can take a step into the Lord's work. Might be a small step, but we can do a little something to be faithful to our God. Paul commends Tychicus. Listen, the work of Jesus Christ around the world does not get done without unnamed servants and sometimes named servants like Tychicus. The Apostle Paul had a whole ministry team, and we don't know most of their names, but they were faithful to get it done. They did the hard work, the messy work. Without a lot of fanfare, they did the work. They were, they were faithful. So that's who the updater was, but why was he going to be updating them? Why was Paul sending Tychicus to the Ephesians? Well, the first thing that he wanted them to know is how they were doing. You think, well, that sounds mundane, but can I tell you how critical it is in the spread of the gospel around the world that churches would know how missionaries are doing? What do I mean how they're doing? I mean, how are they doing physically? You know, the apostle Paul described that he had a thorn in the flesh, and we don't know what it was. We don't know what ailed his body, but he said he had a thorn in the flesh. So perhaps Tychicus was going to come to Ephesus and tell them all about Paul's thorn in the flesh so that they could pray for him. So that whatever was ailing his body did not hinder his faithful proclamation of the gospel. The apostle Paul was going into dark places, boldly preaching the gospel and planting churches. And he needed the, the Ephesian churches, he needed the Ephesian church to know how he was doing. How he was doing physically, how he was doing emotionally, 
how he was doing relationally, how he was doing spiritually. The stat that I gave earlier, about 42% of U.S. pastors had considered quitting. I, I want you to know, I understand what it feels like to, to be tempted to, to quit, but I haven't felt that in a very, very, very long time. And um, one of the reasons why I haven't felt that in a really long time is because we have such an amazing elder team at Real Life. They care for me well. They encourage me to take time off. They, they give me very specific instruction on how to care for different family members in my family well. It's really beautiful. Um, so that's not a confessional. Um, there's no, like, things are really, really healthy here because we have such a great elder team. But we care for other hurting pastors. Back in uh, January of 2022, um, I started a ministry called Strong Pastors. I'm usually a ready, fire, uh, aim kind of a guy. Do you know what I'm talking about? Anybody else in that boat? You know, like you get an idea and you're like, let's do it. You know, and you're just like, well, the Lord had me carry this idea for this ministry for eight years. And I just kept saying, yes, Lord, when you give me the freedom. Yes, Lord, when you say it's time. Yes, Lord. And I just said yes to the Lord. Strong Pastors, whenever you want us to do it. And over two years, I began to have pastors come to me for a wide variety of reasons. They would reach out and they were hurting. They were reaching out and they needed coaching. They were reaching out for a whole wide variety. And then, and then more and more and more began to reach out. And I just sensed the Lord saying, now's the time. Start Strong Pastors. We don't even have a website. It's just a relationally driven caring for pastors. And two weeks ago, there's another man locally here who has a burden to care for pastors globally. He travels all over the world caring for pastors globally. And I invited him to a time of prayer with one of these young pastors that I care for through the Strong Pastors Ministry. And the young pastor showed up and he sat down and we asked the question, how are you doing? Would you look back at the text with me? Verse 21. So that you may know how I am. That's what I asked him. How are you? And he immediately began to cry. I'd sown enough relational trust that he was able to show up and just let his guard down and be honest, and he just immediately begins to cry. He's doing well. He's a healthy pastor. He's bravely and boldly leading his church and preaching the gospel, and I'm so proud of this young man, but he needed somebody to know how he was doing on that day, and that's what Paul's saying. I'm sending Tychicus to you, and he says, Tychicus is going to tell you everything. <laughs> he's going to tell you how we're doing, and then he's going to tell you what we're doing. Uh, when, when our church was getting started, uh, one, there was a number of churches that helped invest in real life to get us going. They believed in us before we were anything. And one of the churches, by way of their investment, they said, Freddie T., we want to provide a counselor for you um, every other month so that somebody shows up and is asking, how are you doing? This was before we ever got started. And I just said, Thank you. They knew that ministry was hard. They knew the stats. They knew, and they leaned in and they provided this avenue for me to be able to say to a counselor every couple of months, here's how I'm doing. Aren't you glad? It was so good that I asked Dwayne, my counselor, I said, hey, could we, like on those other months, could I meet with you on those months too? And he said, well, of course. The Apostle Paul was sending Tychicus to the Ephesians to let them know first how he was doing. And that's critical. Sometimes, sometimes in church, when we have a missions update, we think it's an off Sunday. It's not an off Sunday. This is what we're all about. 
is getting updates from the ends of the earth about what God is doing in those parts of the world. We want to know how our missionaries are doing, and then we want to know what they're doing. Look at this with me in verse 21 again, so that you may also know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. So Tychicus was not only giving an update on their emotional health and their spiritual health and their physical health, he was actually telling them, this is what they're doing. Have you ever heard about a, like a, you know, a missions partner somewhere and you've always wondered, I don't even know what they're doing. I don't even know what they're doing. That's what a missions update is all about, is to share with them what they're doing. We've been contacting our mission partners and we've asked each one of them to create just a little two-minute video that we could share in our services so that you, church, would know how they're doing and what they're doing. We just want to open up the sacred scriptures, and we want to follow its lead. So we want to know how they're doing and what they're doing. We want to pray for them. We want to know how our support of them is making a difference. So you'll be hearing more and more in the months to come about our different mission partners. I love when we get to hear what they're doing because it serves as an inspiration to others. You know, when a a missionary stands up and shares what they're doing, it inspires others. It plants a little seed. It ignites something fresh in somebody that's sitting there listening going, maybe I could do that. Maybe the Lord's calling me to go do that. That's why we need these updates is so that the movement can continue to the ends of the earth. And if we don't have these updates, nobody's being inspired to go do the same thing. Do you see it, church? So not only do we want to be inspired to do the same thing, we want to know how they're doing and what they're doing so that we can pray in an intelligent way about the work. That's what a mission update is all about. And that's why Paul is sending Tychicus to Ephesus. He's saying he's going to tell you everything. He's going to fill you in. He's going to give you the gaps. In God's providence, this is pretty cool. In God's providence, in two weeks, Tony Evans, uh, a representative from Mission Voice Network, which is our partner in India, he'll be here and he'll be telling us how they're doing and what they're doing in India. I think you're going to be so encouraged. That's the third reason he sent in Tychicus, that Paul sent in Tychicus. Look at it with me in verse 22. He said, "I, I have sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are, he repeats that again, and then he says, and that he may encourage your hearts, that he may encourage your hearts. Listen, if you're paying attention at all, it's, it's not uncommon to be discouraged on the state of the church in North America. Some of you grew up in a time where you felt like the church was where it's at. The church was leading the way in the culture. And now somehow 30 years have passed and you're like, what has happened to the witness of the church? And it's easy to look at the state of the church in North America and be discouraged. And when people share that with me, I say, keep looking. Keep looking. Look at the church beyond North America and you'll be encouraged. In other words, we like to look at the church under a microscope, but we need to look at the church through a telescope. And when you look to the ends of the earth, I promise you, friends, you're going to be encouraged because the church is flourishing. The church is advancing. King Jesus said, upon this rock, Peter, upon your confession that I'm the Christ, upon this rock, I will build my church. And this is what he said, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So it's easy to look in the North American church and think, I don't think Jesus' promise is coming true. Keep looking and look further because when you look to the ends of the earth, what you see is a fearless church, a rapidly spreading church, a church that's advancing in all pockets of darkness all over the globe, friends. Keep looking. That's why mission updates matter. 
is because it's easy for us to think it's all about us. It's easy for us to think it's just whatever's happening here and down the road here and in, in our community here. It's not all about us. Jesus' church is on the advance. It's flourishing around the world. And that's why we love getting mission updates, because it encourages us. Paul's like jailed as he's writing this. He's, he's writing in jail, but he wanted him to know, listen, my jailing here, it is not negatively impacting the advance of the gospel. Be encouraged. He wanted Tychicus to tell him all about it, to tell him all about it. So why was he updating him? Well, he wanted them to know how he was doing, what he was doing, and he wanted them to be encouraged. You know, the enemy loves to discourage and that's why we need mission updates, is so that we can be encouraged about God's work around the world. Maybe you've, maybe you've got a loved one, maybe you've got a friend who's not coming to Christ, and you just don't see their heart softening to the Lord. But when you hear about the gospel spreading in a dark place where people are risking their lives to turn to Jesus, man, doesn't that just encourage you? Doesn't that just encourage you? you realize, okay, God's arm is not too short to save. He can soften the heart of my brother, or he can soften the heart of my uncle, or he can soften the heart of my coworker. He's doing it all around the world. God, do it here. Do here what you're doing there. Growing up, we, growing up, I thought about other countries being the places that we need to send missionaries, and those countries are now sending missionaries to North America. God's church is on the advance, and it may not be in our hood, but it's happening. Glory to God. So what were they united in? Why, where did this relationship come from? Why was this relationship with Paul and Tychicus so special with the Ephesians? They were united in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look at this with me in verse 23 and 24. He says, peace to the brothers. Listen, it's King Jesus through his cross and resurrection that gives us peace with one another. The first human family killed one another. Cain and Abel, they murdered one another. Oh, how desperately we need Jesus to give us peace. <laughs> you think countries can't remain in peace, families can't remain in peace, but King Jesus is the one that can bring peace. He can bring peace where there's hostility. He can cause there to be love when there is no love. He can make enemies, friends, and family. That's what Jesus does. Why? Because we were God's enemy in our sin, and King Jesus tore down that wall of hostility to bring us back into a relationship with God. He gave us peace with God the Father so that we could have peace with one another. Who are you having trouble with getting along? It's not too hard for Jesus. Who's just getting on your last nerve? The Lord wants to give you peace with them. It's possible. It's possible because Jesus came back from the grave. You think it's too hard for him to give you peace? It's not too hard. It's not too hard. He says, peace to the brothers. That's not a cliche closing of the letter. That's a declaration and a promise of what's available to you. And the world can't give us peace. But King Jesus secured it on the cross with God and with others. Step into it, church, and enjoy it. The gift, the fruit of the gospel. Peace to the brothers. He's not done yet. Look at it with me. In love with faith. Everybody's out to get their own in this world, but God's out to love us. And he's out to put love in our hearts for other people. Unselfish, sacrificial, I'm getting nothing back, I'm giving love. Not a, let's sign a contract, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. No, I'm going to go to the mat for you when I get nothing in return. That's love. And that's what he's saying is available to the church. He says love with faith. That's where love comes from. It's faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then what else? Verse 24, look at it with me. Grace. Grace. What is grace? Grace is a gift that we don't deserve, 
that we could never earn. And that's what God gives us through Jesus. You feel like you'll never measure up? You won't. He loves you anyways. That's grace. That's why we worship him. That's why we, why, that's why we praise him. Is The Christian life is not a life that we accomplish. It's the life that Christ lives in us. That's why Paul said, it is the hope of glory, Christ in me. Come on, somebody. Grace. I screwed up again. Grace. I disrespected them again. Grace. Where do you need grace? Paul's closing his letter. And the last thing he wants to, the last thing that he wants to be read out loud in the church at Ephesus is grace. Grace. Grace be with you all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. That's a cool word, isn't it? Incorruptible. He's, he's saying grace is full and free and unending for those that love Jesus with an incorruptible love. Well, what does that mean? It's a love that's not going to dissolve. It's a love that's not going away. We like to say it's a real love. It's a real love. And he's saying, for those that really love Jesus, (laughs) with a resolve, not a perfect love, but with a resolve, grace to you. You know what's so amazing? As long as we've got breath, God extends grace for us to turn to him to turn from our rebellion, to turn from the hardness of our heart, to turn from our sin. As long as you have breath, you've got an opportunity to turn to Jesus and receive that peace and receive that love and receive that grace. Turn to him today. Just sit under the waterfall of his love. That's what united Paul with the the Ephesians. And that's what united Paul and Tychicus with the Ephesians. It was the gospel of Jesus Christ that he loves us. Unworthy as we are, he loved us. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, help us. Help us, Lord, to believe the truth of your gospel. Help us, Lord, to experience the power of peace and love and grace. Father, break us free from our apathy and let us care about global missions. Let us be eager to hear the mission updates. Let us as a church care for those on the front lines in ministry that are hurting. Oh, Lord, we love you. We thank you. We give it all to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, let's stand to our feet. As you sing, open your heart wide. Let the Lord fill it. As you sing, let the Lord love you today. As you sing, imagine the Lord rejoicing over you with his song. That's what, that's what Zephaniah says. The Lord rejoices over us with singing. You may not be in the mood to sing to our Father, but He's always in the mood to sing over you. So if you can't muster a song to Him, just open your heart and listen to His song over you. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. 
Keep it real. Keep it Jesus. Jesus.